Hello, everybody. Welcome to Mod Squad. How the hell is everybody doing? I'm pretty good. Tired as hell and ready to party. <laughs> What's Mod Squad, John? Well, we have a couple weeks here where our beloved Megan is not available to play. Uh, so we thought we would revive an old tradition that me and the boys here had, where on Saturday nights we used to get together and play through modules uh, with a party of three players instead of four. And the boys here generally kick the shit out of them, regardless. It's kind of a test of metal in a way, but also just kind of a little bit more laid back Amen. and fun as we're not in a big campaign and we don't have to worry about our characters too much. I mean, I think the other thing that it really allowed us to do as a group is try out some like high level play, which honestly I had never done, which I kind of enjoy. Yeah, by the time we get high level in Wake of Whispers, I mean, we're going to be so invested in those characters. These guys, it's like, eh, who cares? Let's let's take them for a run. Totally. I'm going to do something weird. <laughs> I'm going to get weird with it. Exactly. Let's get weird. Let's get weird. Yeah. The module that we are playing is Paizo's Ruby Phoenix Tournament. A level 11 module. And as you may have told just from the title... This module is about a martial arts tournament set in the far eastern continent of Tianjia. I think I'm pronouncing that right, Tianjia. Anybody? Um, your your guess is honestly as good as mine, <laughs> buddy. <laughs> it's gonna be a pronunciation roller coaster tonight, everybody. <laughs> oh, it really is. Where the Ruby Phoenix tournament is held every 10 years. Let me give you guys a little background on this tournament. There was a famous sorceress, Hao Jin, who left a historic mark upon the land of Tianjia. She lived centuries long. She was a devout follower of Abadar, god of contracts, wealth, and order. Uh, she set out to amass her own vault a collection of all the items that she had collected in her adventures that she deemed most perfect or wondrous in all the world. Now, among the many Abadaran packs and contracts that dictated Haojin's life was a carefully contracted agreement with the Temple of Abadar in the city of Goka regarding the fate of her collection in the event of her eventual death. Fearful that her treasures would fall into the wrong hands or simply be lost to history, she left strict instructions that if she were to not set foot within the temple for ten years and a day, that on the ten-year anniversary of that occasion, an epic competition of martial arts would be held, overseen by the city's Abadaran clergy, and the winning team of this competition would be allowed to choose a single wondrous item from her vault as a prize for their victory. Not only would this prevent the collection from immediately being broken up, but it also ensured her life's work would attain its own legendary immortality through the prestige the contest would bring. 
And so, since then, for the last 300 years, there has been a Ruby Phoenix tournament. And this would be the 31st tournament. Of all the Ruby Phoenix tournaments, this is one of them. <laughs> and this tournament takes place in the year 4711, the same year as our Wake of Whispers campaign, but very far away. And so the three of our player characters, who we'll be introduced to in just a moment, have traveled, be it far and wide or not, depending on where they're from, to the city of Goka, along the western coast of the continent of Tianjia. The entire western coast of Tianjia is covered by probably the largest mountain range in all of Galarian, the Wall of Heaven. And just about the only break in that huge mountain range is the city of Goka, a independent city-state that, being in the only break of that wall of mountains, has become a hub of culture and trade between Tianjia and other continents, a port city where almost all trade to other continents comes through. Goka is a pretty large city because of this, with a very dense population and a very heavy gambling culture. Now, our player characters have traveled here to take place in this tournament for whatever reason they may have. And after competing in preliminary matches to secure their spot in the tournament and succeeding, they have found out that to enter the tournament proper, you'll need a team of at least four people. And perhaps through word of mouth or asking around, they learned that the Bumpy Swan Tavern would be a great place to look for possible teammates. That is a terrible name for a tavern. Thank you, Tavern Name Generator. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't. I don't know if I would hang out in the Bumpy Swan, and I'm a degenerate. <laughs> so as we pan down past the Wall of Heavens into this massive city-state of Goka, down through heavily populated areas and alleys, we come to the Bumpy Swan Tavern. It is packed. There are uh, musicians playing. There are tavern employees bringing beer and food all around. The city is rife with excitement for the Ruby Phoenix tournament. And why don't we go to this rather crowded table on the edge of the bar where we see Ryan's character and some others. Ryan, uh, would you like care to describe what this scene looks like? Absolutely. We've got a dozen people here, at least. They look like they could be several teams worth. The central figure is this massive catfolk man. He is striped like a tiger. He's got a massive head on him. And he's got a beautiful cloak, beautiful armor, beautiful weapons. He's surrounded by other cat folk who look similar to him but younger and they're not nearly 
as decked out as he is. There's a lady cat folk. She looks like maybe a, a panther type of descent. And several young men, several young women. Uh, also walking through the group are several halflings. And one of them is wearing more resplendent gear than the rest. He is with a halfling lady and two younger halflings. He's wearing nice armor, the halfling man. And they look like they could be, like I said, several teams. But in the earlier competition, there was no other competitors. It was just the large catfolk tiger man. And he was magnificent in combat. I'm open to questions, <laughs> but I think that's the scene. The younger catfolk are, are tending to him, providing service from the bar and making sure that he's comfortable. He's clearly the provider. My, my guess is that that's all your family? Yes. It's pretty cool. He is the father and the husband and the leader, and then he's got a halfling buddy, and that halfling also has his family with him. Jeez, must be like herding cats, am I right? Hey-o! Hey-o! <laughs> Are they all chipped in case somebody leaves the front door open? <laughs> it's, it's like a whole kitty litter. <laughs> oh, shit. Get it out. Get it all out. That was it. What else you got? That's all I got. That's, <laughs> that was fun. All right. And yeah, I imagine your family, your little entourage here is having a great time, and they're curious as to what you're going to do about finding a new teammate. And maybe we scan across the bar to a bluer character. I don't know if he's by himself. Uh, Wesley, what, what is... What does your character look like at the bar here? So he's sitting uh, opposite end of the room in a little nook there. Uh, he's in the seat with the back to the wall facing the opening. He's about six foot three, blue, slightly fuzzy, like a, like a very thin fur covering him. Uh, horns that sprout from his forehead go up behind his ears and then point back out in front of his eyes. Uh, dressed in very fine clothes, but looks relatively rugged and dirty and just doesn't really match the clothes that he's in. Flanking him on either side is just a your loose band of uh, scoundrelly bar denizens. Uh, there are cards all across the table. They're playing, I don't know, tea and poker? <laughs> right on. I think there's a game played in the region called Tamjuk but I could not find any description of what the game entails. <laughs> We're playing Mahjong. Yeah, uh, Pathfinder Mahjong. So, yeah, just slamming down tiles on the board. It's, it's very loud, and everyone's laughing, knocking back booze, having just a great time over here. All right. What I would like to see is your two characters finding each other somehow. Um, how do you think that might come about? If you're both there looking for teammates, presumably. I think that in the past several days, we may have watched each other's preliminary fights. That's a fair assumption. Yeah, I think you glanced over that part a little bit. Or did I glance over it? <laughs> I, I mentioned that there are preliminary fights, at least. Uh, okay, yeah. 
So yeah, you you would probably recognize each other in the bar as well as a few other people that had been in preliminary matches. Uh, there's a group of dwarves on one end of the bar that you saw a couple of them fighting in matches. Uh, in one corner, there is a group of people that you saw fighting um, a mixed-race group. There's a couple humans, a half-orc and a half-elf. Maybe one of your characters stands out to another? Uh, Ryan, do you want to be the one to approach, or would you like me to take the approach? <laughs> <laughs> that, was a, that was an in-character verb. <laughs> 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 I think we're going to go the Chewbacca route and have the halfling approach on behalf of his lord. Nice. So this uh, three-foot armored halfling, barefoot, of course, is walking throughout the bar. He's got a younger halfling at his side. And the younger halfling's, like, trying to take notes, but it's just a crazy ruckus in here. And so uh, this armored halfling presents himself to you, and he says, Top of the afternoon to ya, sir. Excuse me, sir. One of the guys to the side, like, at the end of the table, kind of just, like, puts his, moves over to, like, kind of block your view of the table and the... We're still just slamming down tiles and knocking back drinks. The rest of the table don't even notice he's there. Excuse me, sir. And he wedges in there. <laughs> he, he, forces him, he forces his way in between uh, some of the scum and villainy. <clears throat> oh, lads, get a load of this little guy here. Look, look, look at that little bugger. <laughs> yes. Uh, well, if I may present myself, I, my name is... Nutmeg Wonderfoot. <laughs> oh, 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 no, but really, what's your name? <laughs> Sir, that is my name. I, I am here on behalf of my lord. <laughs> if I may present a possibility, a, a union, uh, you are a competitor. We watched you yesterday morning. Are you proposing to me, lad? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes, I am, sir. My my wife will get a good giggle out of this later. I bet she will. But for now, let me point out my lord. And he points to the massive cat folk across the room who is, you know, just like carefully eating some meat. And he says, That, good sir, is the great Rakurai. Totsugeke Rakurai. And he says it as if you know who that is. Oh, so you're Puss in Boots little runner boy, are you? He, and he stands, like, at attention. And he says, yes, sir. All right, well, I'll tell you what. And he looks around at the people in his booth. And, you lot clear out of here, and you little lad, you, you go tell your master if he wants to talk to Blue Scale, he can come on over. I will tell my lord. Thank you. And he, and he departs. Don't hit your head on any stools on the way by. <laughs> he kind of waves to you without turning back. He's heard it all before. His name, in case you missed it, is Nutmeg Wonderfoot. Nice. Heard it 100% the first time. <laughs> Fuck yeah. That's a shout out to our missing player, Meg. We miss you, Meg. <laughs> all right, so does Nutmeg 
go and retrieve his master? <laughs> he goes to present uh, the news to his master. Yes, absolutely. His not his master, his lord. Uh, he's he's a he's, he choose he chooses, Nutmeg chooses to serve Rakurai. Um, he's not indebted or indentured or anything like that. I'm not going to roleplay the two of them talking to each other. That's too much to ask for. Right, well, he comes back with Rakurai. So, yes, Rakurai goes over to talk to Blue Scale. Hello. Uh, Blue Scale will kind of yeah, slam his fist on the table and stand up. I assume you know who you asked to meet here today, eh? He stares at you for a second, then. <laughs> oh, oh, no, it's okay. Have a seat, have a seat. Could you imagine if I actually talked like that all the time? <laughs> <laughs> he laughs and shows you his massive tiger teeth. Yeah, it's just a show for the simple folk. Come, ha- ha- have a seat, have a seat. Rakurai, right? Yes, this is a pleasure. And he sits down. So I hear you need uh, somebody with some skill in battle to come save your hide in the next tournament. They did tell us that we need teams of four. And uh, I am impressed with your combat skills yesterday morning. Well, they are quite impressive. I I do say so myself. But, you know, I I was never great in school. But by my count, you've only brought one other. And that's... Well, it's not four. Yes, I was not properly informed on the terms of this tournament. My sons are not quite ready for this. And so we are three. Well, have a seat, we'll have a drink, and maybe send your little helper boy here to go scrounge up someone else. Go, boy. (laughs) Sir, I will have you know, I am 44 years old, father of two, I have traveled this world of Galarian, and not to be dismissed like that. Rockerai looks at him and says, Okay, go. And he's like, Very well. He goes to talk to this lady. She's at the bar alone. Right on. His wife's just over there watching him. It's all good. <laughs> you might tell that one to watch his tongue. Mm-hmm. I've cut him out for less. <laughs> Nutmeg goes off to talk to that lone woman in the center of the bar. You see them talking for a moment. And after a moment, uh, they both come back to the table. Do we recognize her at all? Yeah, did we see her in combat? You did not. Oh, well, then maybe I shouldn't have approached her. Well, it's too late now. All right, boy, maybe you misunderstood the assignment. We appreciate the entertainment, but go on your way. <laughs> you, however, you stay here. Hailed it. And he offers her, a, uh, offers her some ale. Ah, uh, yes, thank you. Um, my pardons. I hope I'm not intruding. Your short friend here has informed me that you are seeking another teammate for the Ruby Phoenix Tournament. Is this true? That does appear to be the case. Well, my name is Mirian Slain. My husband is, well, let's just say, out to lunch at the moment. Uh, You may have seen him competing in the preliminary matches. Uh, His name is Ichabod Slain. He's a little out of sorts at the moment, but I come here to offer his services, as he is also in need of a team. 
That disheveled wizardy fellow. Yes, that sounds about right. <laughs> Fantastic! He was quite impressive as well. Yes. I can take you to meet him if you like. Um, I should be able to find him without too much trouble. And she kind of like fingers a ring that's on one of her fingers. She rubs this ring and it starts to like faintly glow for a moment. And she's like, oh, well, isn't that convenient? He's, <laughs> he's pretty close, actually. Um, if you'd follow me outside, I think we can find him. Uh, well, hang on. And Lucy uh, eyeballs the table, knocks back one thing, a veil, holds up a finger, starts grabbing all of the cups on the table and just finishing off anything that's left. <laughs> okay. Chug a lug. Well, hang on. And <laughs> start getting the last drop out of the cup. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> nice, bro. Awesome. <laughs> Finish him up, pirate. Let's do it. Never leave a man behind. She's like, follow me. Uh, it looks like he's just around the corner, actually. And uh, do you follow her out the door of the tavern? Yeah. Yes, and Nutmeg casts Detect Evil on her back, behind her back. What? Her back is evil. What does he detect, Surat? Um, sh- she detects his true neutral, but no evil. So not evil. Not evil. Okay. Yeah, it's just yeah, evil yeah. or not. So not. <laughs> So you follow her out of the tavern. She's like, I'm actually quite surprised that he's so close. I can never really tell where he's going to end up. And right around the corner of the very tavern you were in, there's a dirty alley. And as you enter this alley, behind a few barrels, you find a stark naked old man surrounded by empty bottles and trash, dancing like there was an opera playing. Alright, so as you come around the corner and there's that dirty, grummy alley, there's like a kind of a mound of trash right there, and and there's a couple of barrels set up with rotten fruits and old cans and uh, some vegetables all kind of arraigned in a, like, amphitheater with half-made little musical instruments in the, uh, like, made out of toothpicks stuck into them, like they're a little symphony. And there is a stark naked, naked man dancing very elegantly to what you could assume would be an opera, except there's no music playing. And he's just standing there dancing in the alley, and there's a small rat that has been, is kind of floating around who also looks like he's dancing, but he has a little tuxedo made out of old onion skins. And he looks alive, but terrified. There's also a, um, what you could assume would be a town guard that you see that is also held in place with a terrified look on his eye as he is just held there and stuck in place. And I'm just sitting there. No, 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 no. I told you, the crescendo is always in the second act. It's always in the second act. (laughs) So is your husband behind the crazy hobo, or um, yes, well, um, forgive him. He can get out of sorts at times. 
Um, honey. He starts randomly pointing at different potatoes and dripping mushrooms and things, and he goes, Ezra, Angel, Roman, Xavier, Axel, Kai, Harrison, Cole, Abel, Jude, Elliot, Finn, Red, Xander, Milo, and Milo. Milo. Even that, even that tuxedo can't make you any greater. Ah, I despair. Rakurai's holding a hand up near his mouth with like a finger horizontally over his two nostrils. He's kind of like cringing at all of this. He's, his, his round tiger ears are twitching as he's trying to hear music that he thinks someone else hears, but he doesn't <laughs> hear it. And he's just like offended by the smell of all of this. And he's looking over at Blue Scale and it kind of gives him that like side smirk like of regret like hmm uh. Blue Scale is just like wide-eyed with excitement and looks to Mrs. Slain apologize I love him this is fantastic and he like had a little barrel or something there he sits down on rummages through his bag grabs out a bottle of whiskey goes, dance funny man dance <laughs> again from the top and then he notices your presence and turns around and flies 60 feet in the air and then lands right in front of his wife and leans her over like one of those really romantic kisses and just starts kind of aggressively making out with her for a second and then stops and goes, my love oh, it's almost so perfect, but who are the squares? These are your potential new teammates my love Fantastic! Ah, I was so worried about it that I had to get heroically intoxicated for this event. Uh, hold on one moment, I'll be right back. Boom, and he disappears in right in front of you. He should be back any moment. And then about 30 seconds later... Can I still smell him? Oh, well, <laughs> you smell something for sure. Well, <laughs> I can locate him by scent. She's like, uh, just hold, please, and taps her foot. Yeah, about a minute of tapping later, boom, shows back up in full dress. He's wearing a um, black suit that kind of matches his wife's uh, Victorian-era frilly black. I guess it'd be like a black wool suit that has sort of a kind of silver fringe on the outside of it and a beat-up cloak that looks like it's been put together a million times with his hood on and uh, a trunk. He's got like a six-foot trunk next to him and he looks at his wife, gives her a nice long kiss again and then says, Ichabod Slain, so nice to meet you. You are the craziest motherfucker I've seen in ages. We're gonna get along great! Bring it in! And he reaches out <laughs> in for like a, just a big old bear hug. Go! Oh, 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 my bones! Oh! Knocks back a swig of whiskey and kind of forces it up toward your face, trying to pour a little whiskey into your mouth, oh, too. he'll take the drink after he gets crushed. <laughs> 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 Darling, you've done fantastic. Thank you so much. <laughs> Where are we going? Yes, these men did quite well in their preliminary matches, and I think you'll make a great team. Don't undersell it. We were the best. <laughs> quite. The 
ferry to Ceylon Island leaves in the morning. I trust the rest of you are planning on heading to the island as well, now that you have acquired teammates. Yes. Wonderful. Well, the hard day's work does times a hard day's pleasure. <laughs> Am I right? Off we go. Come, Miriam. Yes, my love. She sighs. <laughs> um, I'm probably good, but I will be at the boat sharp tomorrow. He just has to go get his last party in before he may or may not die. Yeah, I'm going to be going back, going hard at the, at the tavern. Mr. Nutmeg Wonderfoot has an amazing sense motive. So he's just, and also he's lawful good. So he's just like looking at all of this, like, I just don't know. Um, hmm. And as they're walking back, he's like, um, Sir, uh, Rockerai son, uh, I, do, do you think, do you think this is, th- there's perhaps there's others we could find someone else instead? He's just like, no, it's fine. I'll win this with anyone. And he just goes back to his family. Planning to win this tournament. Right on. Anything else anyone wants to add? Nope. I, I think I, I just wanted to do that because I think that was a interesting character introduction. He is fucking batshit crazy. If you wanted to roll sense motive <laughs> on him, you probably would get, like, chaotic. <laughs> That's not how that works. Yeah, Pluskill's already, like, cogs are already turning on how he's going to kidnap you and keep you as entertainment on the ship. No, you could try. <laughs> <laughs> Festivities go on as long as any of you deem necessary. I'm sure you all have places that you're staying for the evening. Yes, we do. But in the morning, I imagine you all meet up at the docks. Yep. Where there is a ferry waiting to take contestants and spectators to Gilan Island. It's about a two-hour ferry ride. There is a young man with messy hair and a goatee waiting outside of the dock, uh, welcoming people onto the ferry, which is complimentary. Perhaps you all get there around the same time and find each other? Sounds good. Yeah, I bet we'd get there around when the ferry's leaving. Yeah, and he he will board you on the ship. He's like, ah, welcome! Climb aboard the Wailing Wyvern! Ah, she's welcoming to all. We'll get you to the island. Are you competitors? If you consider it a competition, I suppose so. Ouch. (laughs) (laughs) That's the spirit, mate. On you go. Yes, yes. (laughs) Rocker, I likes... Blue scale, his attitude. Blue scales attitude. Sorry, there's an apostrophe in there. He likes that. I- I- Ichabod Slain shows up fashionably late, right as he probably should have, but like a little bit, you know, under the weather, stumbling a little bit still. Makes an immaculate makeout session with his wife before bidding her adieu and getting up the gangplank. Your wife is not going to come watch the tournament. Oh, she always has things to do, but she always knows where to find me. Mm, Sorry I asked. (laughs) She's like, have fun winning the tournament. I'll be watching you. 
What about Rakurai's entourage? How many people are coming with him on the ferry? All of them. Is that cool? Yeah. So that is you, your halfling, Nutmeg, and your wife, <laughs> and about, what, ten yes. kids? <laughs> well, I've got seven kids of my own. Nutmeg has a wife and two kids of his. And then, if you look close enough, one of those halflings has a little bundle. And if you look even closer into that bundle, you see... Is that is that a little halfling baby? It kind of looks like one, but enhanced. Does he have little tiny? Does he have little tiny tiger ears? Uh oh. And like a, a little tiger tail? Oh no. Um, I think so. I'm calling Springer. Jerry Springer. Is your kid a cat? Call in to Jerry Springer. <laughs> that makes Rakurai and Nutmeg fellow grandfathers. I don't know if there's a term for fellow grandfathers, but that's what they are. Right on. And Blue Scale, what about him? Is he going solo? Yep, Blue, Blue Scale's uh, riding solo. So, you all board the Wailing Wyvern. Uh, this young, he almost looks like he's a little drunk even this early in the morning. Man takes the helm and he's very welcoming to everyone. Uh, you see there are a number of people on the ship. It's a little crowded. Uh, there's a lot of people that are quite obviously spectators. And uh, you see a couple groups of people that you believe to be competitors. Some of them were even in the Bumpy Swan last night. That group of female dwarves that seem to be keeping to themselves are looking along one side of the ship. You see a couple monks that look like they might be part of a group together. Ryan, would your family be, like, walking around a little bit? A little bit. Some of them would. So I would probably be, like, hiding by, like, barrels, like, prestidigitating a feather to try to, like, entice them to chase it. They would look at you with disdain, like <laughs> like you're, uh... You know, some kind of asshole. Exactly, exactly that. Just you know, a side glance at you, and just walking on by, no interest. I would presume that's what all my sons would do, and the daughters are probably sticking close to mom. Oh, I'll press a digitated feather over to her too. <laughs> She'll snatch it out of the air, crumple it. No fun. Anyone on this ship? I don't think you can press to digitate a feather, but anyway. Or uh, mage hand a feather, sure, sorry. Sure, sure. Like mage handing a feather. I mean, you can create a small gust of wind with the press digitation that floats the feather. <laughs> well, on a yeah. boat that's moving qu- quickly through the <laughs> <laughs> It's magic. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, she wouldn't have that. She's uh, a panther lady, dude. She fucking <laughs> quick reflexes, grabs that feather and just you know, shreds it. He'll look over at her and then give a big, like, sad frown, and then five square feet of water will fall out of the sky and drench him. Him? Okay. As as per the spell drench. Yeah. <laughs> and then he'll shamble away, slop, 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 slop. <laughs> Go to try to find somebody else to fuck with. <laughs> 
at a certain point, a woman uh, in she lo- appears to be like a f- a, a fisher fisher woman, <laughs> fisherman woman. She fishes. Uh, she's wearing a you know um like just villager garb. She's got a conical hat. Uh, walks up to you, and it's like greetings. I could only presume that you are competitors in the tournament. You all look like you uh, have great combat skills. Hey there, you look like you've got some great combat skills. Right on both fronts. What is it that you do? Uh, I, I'm so interested. I, I, I've only been to one of these tournaments, you see. She looks at Blue Scale. What manner of combat do you perform? What's your deal? I suppose it depends on who's asking. Are you a competitor? Oh, no. <laughs> I'm simply a spectator. Her face doesn't look like uh, she is from around here. She appears to be Avastani. I do a little little bit of everything. Uh, killing, slaying, murdering, bringing death to my enemies. As you're doing this, <laughs> Ichabod's like mimicking your body movements, but behind you. <laughs> he lowers one hand and lets a little bit of uh, lightning crackle in it. You know, be it steel or spell, I get the job done. <laughs> you look awfully familiar. I get that a lot. I was like, an admirer, are you? And he's kind of like uh, just playing with his nails on one hand, kind of just being aloof. <laughs> you wouldn't happen to be the pirate blue scale by chance. I mean... Let's think for a second. Would would a notorious outlaw show up in one of the most populous cities in the known world, surrounded by guards and military, and just wander about freely in broad daylight? Hoink. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Quite courageous indeed. That whole time, Ichabod is doing the exact same movements as you are. <laughs> Just like, wink, bam. Trying to learn the trade, baby. What about your tabaxi friend here? Is tabaxi the right word? No. Shit. <clears throat> Come on, bro. That's D&D, I think. That's D&D. It's uh, cat folk. What about, what about your... What about this big pussy over here? <laughs> <laughs> well, you hit the nail on the head again. <laughs> he didn't get them all out. <laughs> Um, no, she doesn't say that. But she might. <laughs> so far, I think he mostly just scowls, but you might want to ask him. What about your friend here? She she points to Rukurai. What kind of combat uh, would you be performing? He turns and looks at her. He's been looking, he's been at the side of the ship looking off into the water. He looks back at her and he says, Anything... I need to. And he's just got the sword and a bow <laughs> and a, a pole arm and uh, <clears throat> he he's not he he says, Who are you? Oh, I'm nobody. <laughs> Very well, look for us in the arena. She does seem to be like paying a lot of attention to a lot of you. Nutmeg is paying attention to her. He's kind of overlookable. And um, but, but, <laughs> you can't say that. Well, he's he's just <laughs> literally. You know, he might not even notice him behind Rakura. 
He's overlookable. He is. He's he's only three feet tall and Rakurai's massive. No, no, it's cool. I'm I'm into it. It's all good. Oh, you could give me a sense motive or something. Oh yeah, let's do that. Can I roll one? Sure. You want? Go ahead, Sarai. You want to be the first roller of the of the session? Go right ahead. No, I, no, no, no. Trust me, I want you to roll this one because I have a minus two to sense oh, motive. Okay. Well, behold, I got a four. Wow, that's actually not too bad. That's a 15. I rolled an 8 for a 27. That's right. Oh, I was looking at the wrong ability score. I got a 1. <laughs> <laughs> I did not put... I realized that I did not put any ranks in sense motive. And even though it's a class skill, it's still at a minus 1. <laughs> so Nutmeg got a 27 on sense motive, which beats my... 26 bluff. Nice. None of you except for the halfling Nutmeg pick up on this, but Nutmeg gets the idea that this is another competitor and she's trying to size you guys up even though she's wearing like local fisherman's outfit. And then she starts to ask about Ichabod. She's like, and this must be another teammate? What's his deal? Ichabod is over there trying to throw snowballs at the cats and then, like, cast light on the snowball and, like, throw it at him. <laughs> and they just don't want to deal with his bullshit at all. But he just wants to play with the kitties. Yeah, they're just trying to ignore you. <laughs> he's just, he's never seen a cat folk in his entire life. And so he thinks that they're still cats. He doesn't get it. They're wearing clothes. They have weapons and armor. Um, he had a rat dressed in an onion skin tuxedo. He believes that all animals should be available to wear clothing. Okay. <laughs> he he just he absolutely does not understand. He's just crazy. He's just wildly nuts. Okay. <laughs> so don't don't mind him. He's just trying to have fun with the kids. But yeah, she asks like what's is he one of your teammates? Uh, he doesn't look like much of a fighter. Who, me? Yes, yes, you. Ah, oh, fighting comes not from strength, but from charisma. <laughs> As says my character sheet. <laughs> well, that is comforting. And she doesn't even notice uh, <laughs> um, Nutmeg behind you guys. She's like, well, you might you might want to find another teammate. I hear there's a hard limit on four. Anyways, I look forward to seeing you all fight. I'm rather excited about it. And she walks off, and uh, she joins that group that you saw at the bar last night and pulls down her conical hat, and you, you see it was the woman that was with them, the human woman. Um, you might, like... When she takes the hat off, you can recognize her hairstyle, and you could tell, like, she was just kind of fucking with you guys, trying to get a read on you. Well, boys, if I thought she was any threat, I'd say we'd been bamboozled. <laughs> you look over at, um, at Ichabod, and he's, like, following her like a, like a big creepy monster when she's not looking. <laughs> just being fucking super weird. Nutmeg's, like, holding up an index finger, and, and he's, like trying to get a word in with with all these large people around him and he's and he's like real eager to share that she was bluffing and everything and and uh Rakurai 
and the other legendary heroes just <laughs> overlook him and Rakurai says we know brother Nutmeg it's okay mm-hmm. and Nutmeg's just sad that he didn't get to share <laughs> Blue Scale looks over straight over Nutmeg and sees the group of it's four dwarf women on the side of the ship there Mm-hmm. Uh, reaches down like on the grabs the top of Nutmeg's head and kind of pushes him out of the way Unbuttons like the top two buttons of his shirt, so they're billowing in the in the sea in the, in the wind, and walks over and leans up on the railing next to him. Yeah, you hear them like talking to each other in dwarven uh, before you come up, and they go silent when you get to the railing. Oh, don't mind me. I'm just getting some sun, enjoying the sea air. How are you? They all like look at you, and then look at each other, and then they huddle up and whisper for a second. And then look back at you, and they just slowly move to the other side of the boat without saying anything. Still got it. (laughs) (laughs) I'll hit you with the press digitation, too. It'll just be like wind and sea surf splashing in your air. I mean, I feel like the wind and the sea surf will take care of that. But no, extra. Okay. (laughs) I've also never been on a boat and you got you see the that team that the woman walked back to. They're kind of talking to each other, and every once in a while they are like pointing at you guys and laughing. And on the horizon, you see Jilan Island approaching pretty quickly. You're maybe halfway there. Blue scale. I love your piratey nature. Hopefully, you can inform me about the sea. Of, of course, it's uh, it's wet, it's large, salty. It sounds like half of the brothels I've been in. <laughs> <laughs> You're not wrong. I've been sailing for oh, since pretty sure I was sailing before I could walk. Some must be almost forty years now. Yes, and you, Master Catfolk. Ah, I cannot get enough of these kittens. Mm-hmm. You do well to stay away from my family. I meant no disrespect, my established one. That's not what I meant, but you get what I mean. I'll let it slide. I am so sorry. They're just so adorable. I would keep one forever. That's racist. I give Rakurai a a heart pat on the back. Oh, lighten up, hairball. He means no harm. Uh, no, he doesn't. He absolutely doesn't mean any harm. He just has never seen a cat folk before. And he loves cats. Nutmeg speaks up. He says, uh... Catfolk are usually um, referred to as such, but it's it's not known by many that they're actual. They call themselves Amuran, and he's trying to like educate you, but nobody's listening. Mm-hmm. Blue Scale kneels down to like, get to his level, gets right in his face. Aye, boy, you do well to shut your mouth when the adults are talking. Have I offended you, sir? I am not a boy. I am a grown man. He just stands back up and ignores him. <laughs> now, now, Blue Scale, I will show this boy how to fly. He'll reach over and touch, um, sorry, what's his name one more time? A uh, nutmeg. 
and Nutmeg lifts off the ground a little bit. I think he get. I think he gets a save. Yeah. Well, I mean, first you gotta do a melee touch attack, and then I get a will save. Mm-hmm. Um, but, mm-hmm. but before mm-hmm. any of that happens, uh, Rakurai just like puts a hand on Nutmeg's shoulder, and he says, "He is under my protection." You'd both be best to leave him and my family at a good distance. Wow. Okay, Batman. <laughs> well, That's Catman. <laughs> oh, sorry, Catman. You guys are both trying to fuck with him. I'm not trying to fuck with him. I'm trying to give him the sense that all halflings want, which is to soar to the stars. Oh. <laughs> And I just don't take well to being talked like that by somebody at second in command. <laughs> well, if you if you want to stop that touch attack, you sure can. But I rolled pretty good. And I don't know what his touch AC is, but I bet it's not higher than that roll. No, it's probably not that good. Um, do you want you want to go firing off spells on the boat right over? Sure. You want to go, bitch? Uh, Fuck yeah! I got, I got a shit ton of them. Sure. Uh, what what was your roll? What's your, what's your touch attack? That's a 20 touch. All right, so that'll touch. And then I get a will save. You sure do. All right. 22 to save. Oof. Yeah, that'll save. All right. That's a DC 20 will save. I did not anticipate him having a higher will save than that. Yeah, he's a cleric. But it negates and it's harmless, so he can choose if he starts to float. <laughs> so... When you guys are done PvPing. I'm not I was just trying to give him the <laughs> ability to fly. He didn't know that though. Yeah, not from this weird fucking wizard. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> bad touch, bad touch. Also cohorts are made to be punching bags. Maybe he yeah. starts to float a little bit and then shakes it off. Like his feet come <laughs> off the ground just a hair and then he like shakes it off. Jeez, I hope you guys don't need healing anytime soon. Yeah. <laughs> he is technically one of your teammates. Oh no no no! I'm I'm all about the guy. I love him. I was like I was only trying to make him feel better because Blue Scale's giving him a hard time. I just wanted to give him like to float up so he's eye to eye with him. You gotta haze him a little bit. The higher code. You can't just join the crew and not get razzed a little. <laughs> all right. He had ten minutes of flight. Come on, I love that's it. pretty I love sick. It, but my characters don't love it, so you know. No, that's fine. That's good enough. All right, so. You guys start to get close to Jilon Island, and you travel along the northern edge of the island. You have to go around quite a bit of the coast of the island. You pass by a rather large mountain range. Uh, You see dense forest, uh, some hills, and then a lot of farmland. And as you come around the northern edge, you enter a large bay. And as you come into the bay, you eventually come to a harbor, a very small harbor, uh, especially compared to the city of Goka. You can see a small village, maybe a handful of buildings, uh, farmers, and uh, on the harbor there's a strew of fishing boats. The sun is just about to set as you get here and you see a lot of fishermen coming in with their day's haul and unloading along the harbor. You see that woman in the uh, fishing garb that had talked to you now has taken off that cloak and hat altogether, and you see her in, like, 
some well-to-do armor with a sword on her side. And she's like, see you at the noodle house, boys, as they walk off. Oh, what's wrong? Scared to look like a combatant when looking at your competitors and scared to look like a fisherman near the fisherman. <laughs> she just winks and walks off. Mm, my boy Blue Scale, it looks like the poles are at it again. <laughs> For once, Blue Scale kind of looks at you with like a, the fuck are you talking about? Kind of look. <laughs> For once. <laughs> For once, yeah. Well, he's, he's enjoyed all of it so far, but yeah, going, calling them the pores didn't sit well with him. <laughs> Why? <laughs> because she wanted to look like she was poor, and then it was an insult. It's the best he's got. So as you're coming off of the ferry, uh, there are a whole large group of townsfolk here who are obviously excited for more contestants and spectators to show up. You are showered with cherry blossoms and you're handed ceramic cups filled with this warm, sweet-smelling liquor. There's just a huge reception for everyone getting off the boat. People are coming up and like, welcome, welcome! Most of them speaking Tian, uh, I don't know, do, they, do any of you speak Tian? I do. Yes, both of my characters do. Uh, so you would recognize them as welcoming you. They're like, welcome, welcome. Please, uh, enjoy. And they're like throwing flower petals and handing you liquor. And the crowd is kind of pointing towards the center of this small village of New Harbor, you find it is called. And uh, they'll tell you that the contestants are all welcomed at Yon Loy's Noodle House what seems to serve as a hub of activity in New Harbor for contestants and spectators alike. Let's go get some noodles. I'm starving. Yeah, if you follow the crowd, uh, they will bring you to Yon Loy's Noodle House. Is a, um, it's a large open-air structure uh, centered around a courtyard that is filled with long shaded tables with umbrellas over them. Uh, smaller, you can see there's a roofed balcony on the second floor uh, with a bunch of tables and you see some of the familiar contestants up there. Uh, as soon as you guys come in, you are uh, not accosted, <laughs> but approached uh, energetically uh, by one of the employees uh, speaking in Tian well, they'll, they'll try to speak in Tian at first and, and say welcome welcome to Yan Lois uh, are you part of the competition or are you just here to spectate and they'll look to see if anyone understands we're here to win he replies in Tian excellent um, competitors are welcome to the VIP section on the upper floor on the balcony um, please, if you would let me show you to a table, and, and there is complimentary stew and tea available that we will bring you post-haste. Ichabod's just taking it all in. He's never seen anything. His first trip to TN was in that one city that we just were in that I cannot remember the name of, and, uh... He's just amazed by all the flower petals, and he, and he would not even realize that you guys had left him unless you, like, tug on his cloak. I don't think we would have. <laughs> <laughs> no, we just let you stand there and gaze. Yeah. Okay. 
He's gonna stand there and gaze for a while. So they will show whoever is here to the upper balcony. They'll say, it is for competitors only, uh, and they'll gesture at the kitty litter. <laughs> Can't say that. The whole kitten caboodle. Oh, shit, there's gonna be a lot of these, aren't there? <laughs> okay, uh, yeah, so they'll be left downstairs. I-, I assure you they will be treated with the utmost hospitality as well as you, and um, they will escort the group up to a table. As you come up to the upper floor, you see several groups. You see that group of monks plus another one that you didn't see on the ferry. Uh, There's the group of female dwarves across the way, the mixed group with the lady that was sizing you up is across on the other side of the balcony as well, and it kind of extends the perimeter of the building, so the center is open so you can look down on the courtyard, um, and you you could see all of uh, Rockarai's family and stuff down there. They're being served soup, stew, and tea. And before long, you are also brought a nice stew uh, with fish and vegetables in it and a hot pot of tea for the table. Uh, you also see there's one lone half-elf sitting in the corner. And what stands out quite a bit is this monstrous-looking figure who is standing on the edge of the balcony looking down into the courtyard. He is, uh... Hmm, trying to tell what kind of knowledge check this would be. Uh, it's actually knowledge planes. Sorry. Natural 20 from Mr. Nutmeg for a 22 on knowledge planes. So, Mr. Nutmeg recognizes this monstrous figure as a Kuwa Oni, a outsider, a golden-skinned fiend with horns and ebony black fangs and bulging eyes and he's wearing a rather heavy suit of armor actually i got a full-on handout for you to show you what he looks like oh he's the guy on the cover he looks like the demon the the god of death from death note but in samurai armor yeah he's got yellow skin that's a little furry big black fangs sticking out of his mouth bulging eyes and like a three-fingered hand with the ends in claws and yes like heavy samurai armor and he's just silently staring over the balcony get a load of that guy Rakurai glances over his shoulder back at this guy Nutmeg is looking past uh, Rakurai to just like you know stare at this guy and he is going to cast Detect Evil on him. Hmm. Uh, he does detect as evil. Just like I thought. Well, he's got style, I'll tell you that for free. Yeah, he's kind of just standing there silently, watching over people on the lower level. And um, at a certain point, this uh, half-elf character in the corner approaches your table. Says, Greetings, brave competitors! I imagine you are competitors, as you are on this upper level. Yeah. My name is Marthazan. Marthazan the Righteous, as I've been come to be known. Nutmeg says, uh, well met, sir. You're just going to stand there and stare at us, or can we help you with something? Ah, well, I'm simply here to welcome you to the Ruby Phoenix Tournament. I saw all of your preliminary matches, and I was quite impressed. 
I myself am the former champion from the last tournament. Oh, well, why didn't you start with that? Come, come, chat. Mm-hmm. And he sits down, and he's like, Please, uh, is there anything I can tell you about the tournament? I'm simply excited to have some fresh blood. After watching you all fight, I must say I am kind of rooting for you in this tournament over any of the other contestants I've seen. Rakurai asks, Are you competing this year? I am not. Of course not. Not after seeing us. <laughs> Quite, yes. Uh, no, I am happy with my win, even though it was by sort of a technicality. I wish to give as many people the chance as possible and not take another win for myself. Uh, what kind of technicality? Yes, well, in the last tournament, uh, there was somewhat of a terrible scandal that it resulted in one of the first disqualifications in over a century. My competitor, a very powerful sorceress known as Wu Dizen, uh, she was caught quite callously and repeatedly cheating and uh, had to be ejected from the contest. It was not as honorable as a win as I would have liked, but she dug her own grave, so to speak. Che- cheating, yeah, I mean, who would who would do something like that? I mean, cheating how? <laughs> well, for one, uh, one of her most egregious infractions was employing her identical twin as a body double and using each other as outside aid during contests. They also had a bit of a reputation for not sparing their foes that had forfeited. Callously murdering them, so to speak, even though they had given up. Her crimes were discovered only moments prior to her entry into the final round, and her disqualification resulted in my automatic victory, which, um, why not as honorable as I would have hoped, it was, uh, according to the rules, a lawful victory. Wins a win in my book. That's neither here nor there. I've heard of all of your deeds and watched your combat, and I do look forward to seeing you compete. Well met, Martha Zan the Righteous. Well met. I hope to know you all a little bit more over this next week, uh, but I will leave you to your preparations and your meal. It is wonderful to meet you. Ever since that dude sat down at our table, uh, Ichabod's just been rocking back and forth and muttering, slow and stiff, slow and stiff, slow and stiff, slow and still, stiff, stiff. <laughs> it's like you might want to look out for your friend there. I bet you I do. And the night goes on, and it's getting a little raucous. Like, people are partying. There's a lot of celebration among uh, the competitors and the spectators. Uh, The entire time, you see that Oni is just silently staring on his own. Slow and stiff. Slow and stiff. Slow and stiff. Anything you guys would like to do specifically. Um, so what I mean, what do we know about the tournament so far? Like, do we know who we're going up against first, when the first fight will be? So the tournament is supposed to start tomorrow. 
Martha Zen can impart any. He did ask if if there's any information you'd like to know. So he before he leaves, maybe uh, he can tell you. Uh, yes, the, the tournament starts tomorrow. You will find out about who you're fighting shortly before the match begins each day. There will be exhibition matches and feats, tests of skill throughout in between matches that you will be called upon to perform. Some of them are voluntary, some of them are mandatory. Uh, he, he explains that you will have to sign a contract agreeing to the rules and you will have to sign your team up as a team and come up with a name for your team. Oh, great, says Rakurai, looking <laughs> over at Ichabod. Little side-eye. Have you thought at all about a name for your team? Don't skip ahead. You'll ruin it! <laughs> Strong enchantments are failing in the towers of fear and wreck. <sighs> I must retire. <laughs> that is the worst team name I have ever heard. Well, you got a night to think about it. Your character's too. <laughs> As you guys are drinking and eating, another person approaches your table. Uh, what looks to be a monk of some kind. He's wearing tight-fitting, like, martial arts clothes, it looks like. He's got, like, wraps around his wrists, and he's wearing a white headband and some kung fu pants, which is a thing. I looked it up. I didn't. Did be like, like a gi? <laughs> here, actually, here we go. I got a handout. Kung fu pants? <laughs> Kung Fu Pants. <laughs> uh, he's got a long ponytail. Is He's all bald except for the center of his head, which is in like a seven-foot ponytail. <laughs> Almost looks like mine. He comes up and is like, Greetings! I watched a couple of your bouts, and I was very impressed. My name is Chung Po, and he bows. I mimic taking off a hat, but I don't have a hat on. <laughs> Rakurai... <laughs> hefts himself up out of his chair and gives a bow of equal measure in return. He says, I am Totsugeki Rakurai. And then he then he sits back down. Tis a pleasure. I come with a simple request. I was wondering, so you see me and my friends over there, and he gestures to the table behind him where there's several other monks. Um, we are competitors also, and we are very much looking forward to the tournament. A little excited, though, I was wondering if any of you would be interested in a friendly wrestling match to get the spirits up and get hyped for the tournament, so to speak. A wrestling match? <laughs> you look like a wily type. Eels, you. Rakurai smiles and looks at Blue Scale and sits back, waits for Ichabod to get himself in trouble. He waits patiently. Ichabod, I think you got this one. Why, of course, Master Monk. Ah, wonderful. And he puts a hand gesture up, and his monk friends start moving tables away and clearing a space where these two tables are here, here, next to you guys. Oh, we're doing this right here. All right, let's go. He says, I didn't get your name. Forgive me. Uh, he, looking at uh, Ichabod. My name is Ichabod Slane. 
thank you for the invitation. Yes, and I am Chung Po, as I have said. Uh, I look forward to this friendly exhibition. They'll back up, and he will stand in the center of this clearing, waiting for Ichabod to approach him. And uh, what he is implying is a wrestling match, basically a grapple-off. So he will stand there, he will shoulder-width apart his legs, and put his arms out after bowing to you, and get ready. Uh, so why don't you roll for initiative? Okay, cool. Can I start back here? Uh, sure. That's traditionally how wrestling matches start. You charge each other from 20 feet away. Well, you know, I'm not going to charge him. Um, but what I am going to do is cast Enlarge Person on myself. Okay. You do that. <laughs> I'm also going to cast Mage Armor and Eagle Splendor on myself. <laughs> like before the match starts. Okay. Well, yep. he looks at you doing this, and he looks back at his friends. And they each hand him a few potions. And he starts chugging them. Perfect. It's like, I thought this was going to be an honorable match, but very well. What do you mean, honorable? You want to wrestle? I'm going to get five times bigger. All right, so you cast a large person growing to a large size. <laughs> he does the same. Yes. He grows to a large size, too, and you're all towering over everyone around you on this balcony. And you see, you hear people from downstairs start to cheer, like, yeah, get him! And uh, he chugs a couple other potions. You're not sure what they did. Uh, go ahead and roll initiative. Just see who goes first. Uh, my initiative is a 19. Okay, I got a 21, so I'm going to go first. But if they want to burn all their potions, feel free, baby. Uh, he drank three potions and grew to match your size, and he approaches you and comes in for a grapple. All right, that is going to be 31 against your CMD. Yeah, my flat-footed is only a 30, so just kidding. He grapples you. It's a 19. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Ooh, not so hard, Sampai. He comes up and grapples and just is holding you by the arms, and he's smiling. Like, this is fun for him. He's, there's no disdain in his look. Uh, your turn. I guess that doesn't actually change my... Sorry, I was looking at something. Um, figuring this out on the fly. Here we go. Um, my turn is to break the grapple. Yeah, that's exactly what he would do. He would try to break the grapple. Okay. So is that just a straight CMB versus his CMD? All right, so... Attempt to break free as a standard action. You roll CMB versus or escape artist versus my CMD. Um, that is a ten. That's a horrible roll. That is not enough. No, yeah, I figured. You have a move action. I <laughs> uh, can't move though. No. Because I'm not in control of the grapple, right? If you're not in control right. of the grapple, you can't move. Yeah, he's got you. All right, we both have a grappled condition. And I am still a controlling grappler. If you have any more actions, you can do them now. Otherwise, it's my turn. It's your turn. All right. Chung Po has so many feats, it's fucking stupid. Hold on. <laughs> You're learning um, half these characters, too. I am. Hey, welcome to the fucking party. All right. So he attempts to maintain the grapple, 
with a 38 against your CMD. Yeah, that'll play. As a move action. Watch this, Blue Scale. This is going to be funny. It's definitely going to be something. (laughs) All right, so he's got a standard left. He's going to attempt to pin you. Okay. And that is a 37. Yep, that'll play. So he's got you grabbed, and he just puts you on the ground. And it's your turn. Um, okay. I am going to... Pin does not mean I'm helpless, right? Pinned creatures tightly bound and can take few actions. They cannot move. Denied their dexterity bonus. They take a minus four to your armor class. Can attempt to free itself through combat maneuver. You can take verbal and mental actions. You cannot cast any spells that require somatic or material components. Fantastic. He is going to disappear from under him. And then go behind him. How does he do that? Dimension door only has verbal components. Okay. Character who attempts to cast a spell or spell-like ability must make a concentration check or lose the spell. Sure. So if I roll anything under a 3, hold mm-hmm. on. That's an 11. I pass. Well, the DC is 10 plus the grappler CMB plus spell level. All right. So what's the level of the spell? Well, I have I have combat cat. Uh, oh, yeah, you're right. Okay. So the level of the spell is a level 4 spell. All right. So it's going to be a DC 31 for your concentration check with as a D- D20 plus your caster level. Yeah, my concentration check is a plus 17 on this and I rolled an 11, which I think is a 29. So I guess I don't cast it. Uh-uh. Um, oh, it's just here. Oh yeah, 10 plus 17, 27 plus a spell level is 31. So yeah, you yeah. lose the spell. Ooh. Yeah, whatever. I don't give a shit. We're going to sleep after this. <laughs> so you attempt to cast Dimension Door, and he's just got you pinned. He is like, no, you don't. And he, on his turn, as a move action, will maintain the grapple with a 40. And uh, he will start punching you in the head double your damage result. Alright, so he's going to attempt to hit your grappled AC with an unarmed strike. And that is a natural 20 for 35. Confirms with a 21. Yeah, that'll confirm for sure. So he deals. Waiter, more popcorn shrimp, please. 48 damage. Non-lethal. Yeesh. Okay. And it's your turn. More, Daddy, please! Come on, Ichabod, you got him right where you want him. You're tiring him out. Exactly. Um, rope a So I assume I, I can't just um, cast really nasty spells on him. You can do whatever you want. Or I could do that and kill myself, and that could be a fun mod squad. Um, he is noticeably doing non-lethal damage. He's trying to knock you out, not kill you. Get real weird with the throw down some black tentacles. I could do that. Except everybody in the entire fucking restaurant would be under black tentacles at this point. Yeah, I don't think it would go well. Um, no, he's gonna try to dimension door again. What's your fucking DC? I can roll better than a fucking seven. Thirty-one. Okay, so it's a plus seventeen to this roll. 
Nope, nope, that's not going to fly. Nope, doesn't work. Here, knock me out. Do it. All right, so he attempts to maintain the grapple. I'll just... He succeeds. <laughs> it's like a, a thousand. And then he attempts to punch you in the head uh, for a 22. Yeah, that's going to work for sure. And he deals 54 points of non-lethal damage. Oh, yeah. Oh, boy. I'm out cold. You fall limp on the ground, and his monk friends are like, Yeah! Yeah, you got it! Oh, lights out! He stands up. He walks over to his friends real quick, and he comes back with a little vial, and he kneels down and pours it down your mouth, and it's a healing potion, and you, you come too. While Ichabod is still unconscious... Rakurai says to Bluescale, not very impressive. Hey, this boy was. Look at Chung Po. Well done. Kicking ass. Yeah, and Rakurai raises a cup to the monk, congratulating him on his victory. Thank you. Chung Po, come. Uh, impressive display. I've got a, I've got something here for you. And I start rummaging through my bag, and I pull out a bottle of wine that has a red wax seal on the top of it. Oh, Jesus. Here, for, for, for you and your friends. On us, just as a, a congratulations on such an impressive display. Drink that when you get home. Do I need to roll sense motive? <laughs> you can. It's not gonna help. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm legitimately giving him. Here you go. Have it. Well, I think we might have been off air when you told me that your uh, wine was laced with opium. Maybe they like to party. <laughs> uh, he he graciously accepts it and bows. It's like, thank you, it's quite an honor to have a preliminary match with such as you. You fought well, Master Slain, was it? Oh, am I awake now? Yeah, he brought you two with a healing potion. Oh, yes, of course. But don't forget this. And he pulls out a small parchment of paper and hands it to him. Oh, what is it? It's blank. Take it. Take it. Very well. Um... Thank you. Beautiful. And he bows. He's like, I look forward to seeing you all in the competition, whether we fight each other or I'm simply able to spectate in your prowess. Looking forward to it. And yeah, he goes back over to his table and they all start drinking and having fun. And um, the night goes on. Uh, You know that in the morning, you are all the competitors as well as spectators are the, the place to be is some place called the Grand Pavilion, and it's a little ways away on the island, maybe about an hour's walk, uh, but that is where most of the competition will be taking place. Do monks have a high will score? I think they probably do. Probably their wisdom base, like dex wisdom usually. Mm-hmm. We'll see how this plays out. <laughs> I can't wait. Did you just give him a trap or something? Just gave him a curse. You, but you... You guys just poison and curse to like the one nice guy. It is specifically not poison. <laughs> it's a drug. Yes, specifically not poison. So if the rules say no poisoning your rival contestants, <laughs> didn't say we couldn't curse them. Uh, you noticed that that Oni was watching this fight intently and watching you guys. And um, when it kind of is over, though, he goes back to just looking down off the balcony. 
Well, you gave him a run for his money, Ichabod. You'll have to, you'll have to teach me some of those. I can't. I can't. You suck. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yes. That's... I just wanted a good roll in the hay. That was quite entertaining. Yeah. So maybe you stand in the back next when we actually fight. <laughs> I didn't know that we only used our fists and not our minds. I mean, you do seem like a guy who knows his way around a fist. <laughs> oh, several, if I can get my hands on them. <laughs> All right. So, you guys know, Grand Pavilion, bright and early, is the place to be and to sign up and sign the contract with your team name to enter the tournament officially. There, the bouts will begin. Martha Zan told you that not only will there be a mandatory match once a day for the next five days, uh, but there will also be several tests of skills and exhibition matches, which are usually against not other teams, but assigned uh, opponents or monsters or what have you. Martha Zan happily offers uh, room in the inn across the way. He says that the previous champion has a large suite with many beds and he cannot begin to try and fill all that space all by himself. So he tells you guys he's rooting for you to win out of everyone he's met so far and he offers space in his suite free of charge. We, yeah, yeah, we accept. I'll take that. Thank him. Yeah, and he is very gracious and kind and respectful, um, as was Chung Po. As were we. And before it gets too late, he retires and he asks, uh, you know, can I show you to where your room is? And, uh, yeah, if you go with him. We, yeah. we do, yeah. yes. And he shows you across the street. Well, it's not even a street, really. It's a small dirt path. It's a very small little fishing village here. Uh, it looks like it gets zero people here except for the fishers and locals, you know, any other time but the tournament. But it is packed with spectators now. And uh, he shows you to his room, and you each have a very nice bed there. And he retires for the night. As soon as he leaves, I cast Detect Magic and start examining the room. Okay. Uh, you, you'll detect magic on, like, his bedroom in the suite. Uh, he's got several magic auras around him. Uh, but you don't notice anything else in the room. Okay, nothing funny with, like, our beds or anything like that. Any little, like, little spy cameras. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, nothing like that. Uh, you probably notice your friends have magical auras on them, but... Well, if you're gonna go to an Airbnb, check for cameras. Yeah, always. <laughs> nah, let them watch, baby. And... Yeah, you don't find anything out of the ordinary or suspicious. And that is where we're going to leave it for this episode of Martial Matters.
So is your husband behind the crazy hobo, or...? 